In an effort to respond to the lack of affordable housing in parts of New York, Democratic state lawmakers and a group of religious leaders are proposing legislation that's designed to foster the development of new housing promoted by faith-based organizations. To discuss the proposal, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Reverend Peter Cook, Executive Director of the New York State Council of Churches, whose eight member denominations include the Episcopal, Presbyterian, and American Baptist churches. Thanks for joining us, Peter. Thank you for this opportunity. I'm really pleased to be here. Well, for starters, do religious organizations, and I guess the leaders of churches, mosques, synagogues, etc., want to get into the business of developing housing? And if so, why? And is there any sort of precedent for this type of uh, movement we're talking about? Every religious institution, when it was first built, was designed to help serve its community to meet the needs of that community. And how buildings were constructed at particular points in time were really designed to, you know, be responsive to their communities around them. But what has happened over the years is that perhaps the needs of that community have changed, but the buildings in their design were um, not able to be as responsive as they could be to those changing needs. So what we're really trying to do with the Faith-Based Affordable Housing Act is help congregations live more deeply into their mission by being able to repurpose their property in a way which is more responsive to the community around them and is in keeping with their original intent and purpose. Well, what are some of the barriers in making that transition happen? Well, sometimes it has to do with the the building itself that it was designed in in such a way that it's not accessible. There are design flaws uh, in the building itself or because of the way it was put together, it just can't be well utilized for the changing needs of the community. And so in order to make those building changes, it costs a lot of money. So you want to be able to help congregations find the resources to repurpose their property while serving their community. And finding those resources can be difficult if there are undue restrictions on how you can repurpose or develop your property. Well, how does the Faith-Based Affordable Housing Act grease the wheels, so to speak, to address some of the barriers that might make the development or the transition of these properties into housing more attractive for financers? A lot of our congregations are set in more residential kinds of environments, but when they try to build housing, under existing zoning rules, they're often very restricted in what they can do. 
even if they wanted to repurpose the property in a way which would be a fit for the community, they just run into all kinds of regulatory barriers. And if we can make even slight modifications in the zoning rules so that the development process can be speeded up, it makes it more possible for money to be released to help these congregations with furthering their mission while also serving the residents in their community. And I would just add that in New York, 50% of the population has to spend more than 30% of their income on housing. So we really are faced with an affordable housing crisis. And churches want to be responsive to that crisis, but they really need to have some easing of the regulatory barriers to be able to financially make it feasible for them to respond to the needs in their community. So this legislation does make some zoning changes, has some comprehensive training available for religious institutions on housing development, but it does come with a mandate on affordable housing in the new projects utilizing this new zoning. What do you envision as the mix of, say, affordable units to market rate units, which are typically needed to make projects financially viable? So depending on the population of your municipality, you can build, you know, a certain amount of housing. So if you are outside of of New York City, for instance, you can build something that can't be any higher than 35 feet of the height of another existing building on the lot if one is taller and no more than 30 units per acre. If you're in New York City, uh, you're able to do a higher level of density because you're in a a denser neighborhood. And within those uh, height limits, um, you have varying degrees of affordability. So, For instance, um, in some municipalities, you could go up to 100% of area median income and have that be an affordable part of this development. But if you wanted to go less than 100% of area median income, you'd be able to do that. Part of um, the development can be um, market rate housing, which can be used to subsidize more affordable units within the development. And you can go as few as four units within a given development. Part of this has to do with how much affordable housing you can build has to do with the financing. If you want to be able to build affordable housing and have it subsidized by market rate, you'll only be able to build a percentage affordable housing within that overall unit. Say, you know, 20, 25% of the units would have to be affordable. But 
it doesn't preclude a church from being able to acquire uh, state financing, which would require even deeper levels of affordability or even up to 100% affordability. So how expansive do you envision this legislation could be? I mean, based on the number of religious-owned properties uh, around the state, are we talking about potentially thousands of new units if all the interested parties were able to take advantage of this legislation if it became law? Or or should we taper our expectations to something more in like the hundreds, so to speak? I can say that just for the New York State Council of Churches, we have 7,500 congregations all over the state. And those are largely mainline Protestant denominations. And then you add on to that Roman Catholic properties, properties which are owned by synagogues, properties that are owned by mosques, properties which are owned by more independent or evangelical congregations, Pentecostal congregations. There's a lot of property out there. But what we're finding is that a lot of this property just languishes when it doesn't have to, if there were some more options for building, like building affordable housing. So I don't think that the amount of housing we build is insignificant. It would be hard to predict how much, but it's just to say that faith institutions uh, in New York, as is the case across the country, own a lot of property and a lot of that property is underutilized and uh, this would be one tool in the toolbox to help congregations uh, make better use of that property to serve their community. If this legislation does become law, would the housing that's created be open to any New Yorker, or do you envision that uh, some religious organizations might impose some sort of restrictions beyond what a, a private property owner or developer might? If it has any affordable component in the property, then that that housing must be open to anyone who applies. You cannot restrict say this housing to members or restrict it to a particular neighborhood that's really the law if there's any uh, you know affordable component you know built into this housing do you envision this as potentially a way to subsidize the operations of religious operations some of which are struggling in recent years It depends on what you can build on the land and the land's uh, value. The way this is constructed, a congregation would be able to uh, lease or sell its land to a, a separate 501c3, which would partner with a developer. And through the sale of the land, or leasing of the land to a a separate 501c3, uh, they would see uh, the proceeds from that land sale, uh, which could then be 
used to fix up the uh, existing property to maybe even rebuild a religious structure uh, from the proceeds. And what we want to be sure is that congregations are getting uh, the full value of their property as they go about building affordable housing. Getting that full value um, has a lot to do with being sure that congregations have appropriate legal and architectural representation, which represents them and only them so that they can enter into a responsible uh, negotiation with a developer and get the full value of their property uh, and not be exploited in the process. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Reverend Peter Cook. He is the executive director of the New York State Council of Churches. Reverend Cook, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be on this call, and we're really proud to support this legislation to help congregations fulfill their mission to their communities. your business, agency, or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team. Join us again for Capital Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.